Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Everything is Brand. This week, we want to talk about what's good about branding, what's bad about branding, and really what's ugly about branding. So join us for the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, guys, so whether you're branding or rebranding, there's a lot of good and bad and quite frankly, ugly that goes along with what organizations tend to do. What do you guys think? What are some recent examples of good, bad, or ugly? Or what do you think are some of the elements that make up a good, bad, or ugly rebrand? Well, it's interesting. The ugly part, I guess, is kind of decided over a longer period of time based on how how much people like the brand or rebrand. And the good and the bad, I think, are the interesting parts in terms of where the brand is going strategically, right? And, you know, how they actually position that. I mean, existing brands go through rebrands, new companies are created. So so there's always branding going on. What's interesting about this topic is that the alignment of where the business is going and how they're trying to position themselves and is the design that kind of the visual aspect and quite frankly, the voice of the brand as well aligned with what they're actually trying to do. And some of the recent examples are Burger King and their redesign and Pfizer redesigned recently. So just starting the the new year versus Kia and GM. Kia is going through a rebrand or just launched a rebrand and GM as well. And it's really interesting to see how some have done a really great job in terms of where the brand is going, how they're trying to position their story versus some of the other ones that are not doing such a great job. And, and they're really, you kind of have to question, what are they thinking? Like, where are they going with this? Because it's not obvious when you look at their brand and what they're doing and how they're trying to position that. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the key things and one of the ones that stands out from that list is Burger King. And there's been really incredible positive chatter about Burger King and, and their rebrand online, uh, both in social and and just from people I've been speaking to as well. And I think one of the reasons for that is that it it almost transcends some of those key elements that we talk about all the time, which is strategy, design, image, all of that which are key and important and such an integral part of it. But I think they tapped into that kind of retrospective look and feel, that old-fashioned feel for the brand. And I think it's a little bit around reading the room. Like there's a lot of nostalgia going on right now. The world is in a very uprooted kind of place. And and that little bit of nostalgia has seemed to have hit a chord or something. And, And I think that I'd love to give them props for the incredible strategy and creativity that they've put forward, which they have. But does it also have to do with being able to read the room? Does it also have to do with being able to tap into what's going on in the world at the time that you're doing this? What do you guys think? Definitely makes sense to to kind of pay attention to what's going on in the world and, and all of that. But I think that Burger King is also benefiting from you know some of the design that was done years ago. So that was well done, well positioned. So I would almost, in their case, say that for the last 20 years or so, they were off-brand in terms of they were following trends too much and not staying true to who they are. I would almost say that in their case, they're actually going back to who they are, how the brand was originally positioned and thought of. And I think that that's where their success is coming from. Kind of the opposite of that 
is GM. They've been around for a lot of years. Their brand has been around for a lot of years. And their rebrand is a complete change in direction. And it's almost, you know, they're reacting to what's going on in the world with electric cars and everything else. And to me, it just looks like a panicked reaction to how their brand is positioned and realizing that they are just not able to to basically align with where everything is going. It's just, I think that they're doing it very poorly. I think that they're panicking. Their brand is panicking. And I think that that's quite obvious in the redesign. Mm -hmm. And going back to Brad's point and going back to Burger King, I think they are listening. When I look at the new brand, the new logo, even their packaging, it feels warm. It feels familiar. It feels kind of reminds me when I was a kid and went to to Burger King with my family. So you, you feel good about that. I don't feel the same about you. <laughs> no, no, I don't think anyone feels no. the same about you. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. The reason that they're going the nostalgic route is there's nothing healthy on the menu, right? And we know that everything that's going forward is all about eating healthy. All about wait a minute, wait a minute. Chicken fries aren't healthy? No, none of it is. So, like, what else do they have to lean on other than that old feeling of going for a burger with your parents or whatever, the, the nostalgic feeling of it? Yeah, remember, remember back to when we all had heart disease and died at 50? That's the Burger King you want to remember. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm going to chime in here too. And, and I go back to Marco's point in a sense about Burger King and the fact that I think they're also benefiting from a bad version of their brand, looking at where they were to where they are now. Like the old version was just so bad. It's hard to get it wrong when you rebrand the new one based on what they had. So I think that that's a big part of this too. I, I mean, yeah, I think that's Burger King's pretty straightforward in terms of strategy. They're also not trying to really change their strategy from a messaging perspective, I don't think. This is really purely a visual rebrand. So I don't think they're trying to reinvent the wheel, whereas GM is clearly committing to electric, whether that is through their new logo, it is through the messaging that's happening on their website, et cetera. They are 100% changing directions and going down the electrical route. So I think there's more at play with the the GM one than there is with the Burger King from a strategic perspective. And I just think that that's where they fall off. GM falls off is the strategy behind the electric, just inserting the word electric in everything that they're writing about. I mean, I don't think that that's a, a successful brand strategy. I think it has to be more. When I look at these brands too, like Burger King and, and GM, it's not just about the logo. And I think that that's where a lot of sort of companies kind of fall off when they are rebranding. I mean, if I go and I look at the Burger King website versus the GM website, the way that the brand has been adjusted across the board for Burger King through the typography, the colors, the patterns, everything, it, it's all cohesive. It all plays well with the logo. But when you go and you look at the GM website, and I'm just using this as sort of the deliverable because you know, websites are really the the key tool in the in the toolbox of brands from a deliverable perspective. The GM website, it's it's very generic. It's blocks of color, pretty straightforward typography. There's not a lot going on there other than that they've thrown a new logo up and maybe changed the color slightly. 
there's not a lot of system in place, not a lot of uh, places they can take this brand and make it visually interesting. So when you're getting the voice and strategy wrong from a wording perspective, there's not a lot to help you course correct from a visual perspective. So the words stand out even more. To that point, and I was saying earlier how GM is, it just feels like this is a panicked reaction to what's going on. They're not really committing. And you just brought up the, the website example, how it's very generic. If they were truly committed to this on a top level, wouldn't you think that everything else would could reflect what's going on in the world? Everything from web design to how people are consuming how people will use cars in the future, how people will purchase cars in the future, all of that. Like you would think that they would be rethinking all of that at the same time to align it with their new positioning. So it just feels disjointed. The other part that they're still struggling with as well is that in the marketplace, they have sub-brands, right? And those are really what people see. The GM brand, I don't think it's as visible to people as... Maybe in the past it was, but I don't think that it is all that much now. And strategically, one of the biggest hurdles that GM has is that they are so closely aligned with gas-powered vehicles. I mean, it is just such a pivot for them to take the organization in a different direction. Whereas when you compare what GM is doing now compared to what Ford has been doing, over time, I mean, Ford was probably just as much aligned with gas-powered vehicles. But over time, they've slowly been evolving the brand and the messaging and the strategy. And and there's been like a a little bit of a drip, drip, drip from a branding perspective where they've taken the brand in new directions, whereas GM kind of stuck to their market leader, gas-powered vehicle strategy. And now they're trying to pivot all at once. And it feels out of place. It feels misaligned. And I think the elements that you guys are talking about, you know, the visual, the voice, the messaging, the commitment, all of it feels a little inauthentic because we haven't seen any kind of evolved approach as time has gone on that we've seen with Ford. I mean, if I look at Ford, they're getting big in electric as well. But, you know, over time, they've been doing, especially around messaging, not so much from an image perspective, but definitely in messaging and positioning in putting their key elements out there into the marketplace, they've done that already. They've done the pre-work, whereas I think GM is just trying to change all at once. Are we saying that when you get to that level of a brand, and GM is a massive brand, Ford's a massive brand, financial institutions are large brands, that it's better to go at it with small modifications than a complete ditch and a complete new logo. I'm of the opinion that incremental updates are better or or fine tunes are better than an overhaul. And case in point is TD Bank. TD Canada Trust is actually the, the bank. I don't know if anybody's noticed, but they have incrementally made changes. They've dropped the Canada Trust, if anybody's noticed, but it was quiet. Nobody came out and said, we're dropping Canada Trust out of the name. It was subtle. You saw it across the signage. You see it on Mm -hmm. the website. It's not there anymore. They touched up the green. They made it way more vibrant. But that's still the old letter form that's on there of the bank. So again, when I say like incremental changes, they can't afford as a bank to lose any stability 
And I would argue that GM probably lost a little bit of that stability in the brand with this update. And I think that's dangerous. That's super dangerous. So if I was in GM's shoes, I probably wouldn't have gone as far as they did with it. I probably would have taken that that brand and modified it slightly I, to modernize it, whether it be through color, whether it be through whatever the technique, shading, whatever it is. But I wouldn't have done such a dramatic shift unless you were completely changing the company from top to bottom, inside and out. And that would be reflected in their products. That would be reflected in their stores. That would be reflected across the board. And that's where it falls apart. You know, Gabby, you bring up a word, that word reflected. I think that is the key to everything. Uh, At the end of the day, a brand is simply a reflection of who and what your organization is. And when things don't align properly, it almost is palatable. Like you can almost sense it from the brand. And I think that it feels a little bit like in GM's case that the new brand doesn't reflect who they still are, that they haven't made the systemic changes that they need to make in order to reflect that new direction that they want to go in. Whereas when you take a look at Burger King, this new brand actually does reflect them better based on all the things that you were were all saying earlier. It reflects that nostalgia. It reflects that history. It reflects the fact that they're not health food, that they're treat once in a while. Like it feels like it reflects who they are. So that's a great word. And I think that one of the things organizations have to really ask themselves is not just who I want to be or where I want to be, but who am I? And, and really look at making sure that whatever rebranding or whatever branding that they put in place reflects who they are. And if they don't like who they are, then those are systemic changes that they need to make. They shouldn't rely on messaging that feels inauthentic or visuals that don't represent them in the best possible way as a band-aid to some of the organizational issues that they need to be dealing with. It's interesting that GM is using their main brand or the corporate brand to change the direction, I guess, in terms of, you know, potential future of their industry. And you brought up the, the example with Ford taking a, a different approach. And Gabby, you brought up, used the word stable. I think that that's where their redesign is going in the wrong direction. This does not say stable. What they should have done is allow their sub-brands to kind of carry the message of electric cars, the future, you know, where the, the cars are going and all that stuff, and really kind of position their corporate brand as the background brand that's very stable, that will support all of that. That would be perhaps a much better strategy long term, because they will actually have to navigate the future in terms of new te- technological developments, everything else, that how people will adjust to all of that. And now the entire company will have to constantly be kind of looking out for any changes that are happening instead of actually having a stable brand that is there to support all of their sub-brands and let their sub-brands, you know, take on that role. Based on the logo, they're committed to electricity. (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, and it's interesting, like, for example, Volvo made a huge commitment to basically electric cars. But their positioning and their brand 
they didn't all of a sudden change their brand just because they changed their positioning and they, they made that commitment, right? So, so it's quite interesting how companies are approaching that. I mean, it's a huge change in the industry, but I don't know that they have to necessarily speak to it in this way. You're right. I think GM should have started with their sub-brands, Chevy being one of them. I cannot tell you how much I hate that gold bow tie. I think it ruins the vehicles. And their electric car, the Chevy Volt, is in that line. And it just doesn't align. The car to the brand to the logo, it just doesn't scream future electric, whatever. Honestly, that that gold bow tie has got to go. But anyways, one, if we're looking at car manufacturers, one that has done it, and I think done it well, was Toyota. Toyota added on their hybrid vehicles that blue, right? What I'm saying is that the brand can take on slight modifications to symbolize the direction that they're going with in the company. You don't need to throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, and ditch the entire brand. And, you know, maybe you do start, it's got to be a reflection. You, st- you start at that sub-brand level for GM, you ramp that up because that's the car you're driving. That's where that electric vehicle is not within the the parent company. Yeah, part of the issue I think that GM has compared to, for example, a Tesla, is that, you know, GM has a, a long history and a long complicated way of branding. I mean, there's the main GM brand and then there's all the sub brands and they all have different personalities and they've geared it towards different segments of the population. And that worked for them really well. What is kind of working against them right now is that they have done that. And that historical way of branding, while it has served them well, it has allowed an upstart like Tesla to kind of come in and say, you know what, we're just going to do things completely differently. And we're going to look at the whole industry in a different way. And so GM is playing a little bit of catch up. But to all of your points, I mean, Volvo, Toyota and Ford have been able to do it. And they've adopted this kind of incremental approach, which seems to be working for them in a lot better way. So I think that all of those things are definitely opportunities that GM should have paid a little bit closer attention to. And it's interesting because, I mean, there are other car manufacturers that updated their brands, like BMW is going through a, not a rebrand, but like a, a refinement of the brand, right? So so there is that whole thing about, do you need to change your brand completely or do you need to refine certain elements? And sometimes even that goes too far. Like Kia, for example, their new logo, there is no connection to the old logo. Like it is so, it was so redesigned you can't even read it anymore. Like you have no idea what the letters are. So it can go wrong just on the design level itself. But I think that strategically, I think that's a a much bigger point. They are not true to themselves. It it won't work. I will say this. I think you got to give it time. I think sometimes when you rebrand and you do such a drastic change like that, you need to give it time. Like time for people to get used to it. Time for, I remember when Mazda changed their logo. I hated the new Mazda logo. But it was a matter of time of getting used to it. But then I remember Gap, the Gap changing their logo and everybody going up in arms because they love the old logo and inevitably they had to backpedal and go back. But I think we also, you need to stick to it. You need to make it consistent across the board on everything and you need to give it time. That really talks to the good and the bad. Sometimes it's just ugly though. Two words for ugly, new Coke. 
Uh, yeah, Gabby, you said something interesting earlier before. You, you compared brands to institutions. Some brands become institutions. They become industry standards. And, and sometimes the way they treat their own branding, it looks like they forgot about it. They forgot about the fact that they became bigger than a brand. They became an institution, a standard, and, uh, and they forget their own history. And they don't create consistency. And they don't put their own brand within their own history is what I'm trying to say, really. And it's very frustrating as a customer. It's very frustrating looking at one of these institutions and seeing it change so dramatically within such a short period of time when it's been around for so many years and, and it has communicated on values you don't recognize anymore, that sort of thing. And, and you can treat a brand as an institution, but you can't really treat an institution as a brand, can you? Without hurting it somehow, if you do it wrongly, you've talked about brands within the car making industry or the food industry, but the CIA has rebranded its website and they have done it in a brand way, not in an institutional way. It's an institution, it's a government agency, and yet they have redesigned it as if it was just a brand that was just, you know, created like last year. And it's so completely disconnected from its from what it is it's it's almost embarrassing the school i ent- i attended when i learned graphic design was a royal school it was created 250 years ago it had rebranded three times over the course of the last 15 years i mean it's unbelievable how much it can hurt an institution or a large brand to do that sort of thing and what I really question is most of the time the strategy behind it or not even the strategy, but why people do it in the first place. You would see that that school, for instance, gets a new director and that new director wants to leave a, a legacy, his legacy. He rebrands a 250 years old school. I, I want to uh, pause, pause you right there. Let us not forget about the blue license plates that are currently in uh, Ontario. <laughs> You want to talk about um, leaving a mark on something? Blue license plates in Ontario. But anyway, I, I go on. I have, yeah, <laughs> I right. haven't been around enough. But to, to, me it's, to me, it's very frustrating seeing what personal preferences or personal legacies that directors or CEOs want to leave on a company that are essentially bigger than them, much more bigger, much more older than they are. And I find it absolutely sad, really, to see that some CEOs and some directors decide to put their own personal agendas before the institution they are supposed to elevate and represent. To that point about some brands actually being so huge that they represent an entire industry, Coca-Cola is one of those brands. They've been around for a long time, and they keep up to date. They rebrand or I, I should say maybe adjust their brand all the time. But you wouldn't know it, right? Because they make such small adjustments to simply reflect what's going on, but they know who they are and they know how they're positioned. I mean, they have sub-brands and all of that stuff, and maybe sometimes they make mistakes in those areas, but with the actual brand, the parent company, they keep it on point. They know exactly who they are. And as an institution, they've been burned a couple times. And I think that they've always been very good at that and at adjusting as they go. And then when they tried to kind of foray into the main brand and come up with that whole new Coke and the cherry Coke, if you guys all remember that, and, and people just kind of went, no, no, 
This is, we're not up for this. And I think they listened. And, and that's what it comes down to. I think what these organizations need to do is they need to listen. Not everyone's going to get it right every single time. So when they do get it wrong, let it help them moving forward so that it doesn't take them in a direction that they don't want to be in. The reality of all of this is that more and more, branding needs to be looked at as an actual asset, as a business asset. When it's looked at as a trend or something that they need to do to change the business, when it doesn't reflect what an organization is trying to be or who they want to be in the marketplace, when they're using brand to really change their messaging instead of just focusing on the messaging itself, that's when they run into this this trouble. And yes, over time, the public and the customers or the people who use the brand will determine whether something was successful or not. Sometimes that feedback is swift, like with New Coke or The Gap, but sometimes it takes a little bit longer and people get used to it. If you look at the, the brands that have really done well over the years, it is the brands who make incremental changes like Coca-Cola, like Ford, like BMW is doing now. You know, these are all brands that recognize their power in the marketplace. And they really give up some of that power when they try to do too much at once, which is, I think, why we reacted to GM the way we have is that they kind of just did a complete 180 pivot instead of really getting the audience ready for what was about to come. And I think that that's the part that really is the ugly part to all of this. Every brand is going to run into good and bad. There's going to be pros and cons to branding or rebranding. There's going to be good reasons to do it or bad reasons to do it. There's going to be good success from it. And there's going to be bad feedback potentially. But where it gets ugly is when the strategy is not there or when the design goes in a direction that takes them in a place that they shouldn't be going. Or when the feedback is not listened to, or they're not listening to their clients, or they're not listening to their audiences, that's when the ugly happens. And and we don't wish that on any brands. So really, I think the key here for everyone who's considering a a rebrand or starting out and and branding is think about who you want to be, what you want to be in the marketplace, and what is the best way to reflect that. And if you are a long-established brand, if you are an institution, ask yourself, what exactly are the advantages of this institution and what is it that we have to get across? Because good and bad is fine, but you never want to be ugly. That's this week's edition of Everything is Brand. Join us next week for a whole new topic and we'll see you then. Everything is Brand. Everything is Brand.